You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Did you know this podcast is powered by Acast? Acast is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories. You're listening to Fox Given, the one with Andrew Gerza. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed. And I'm Florence. And together, we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram. Every Thursday, we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks. And the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Hey. Welcome to Fox Given. Thank you for having me. Mm. All the way from Toronto, right? Toronto, Canada. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Amazing. It's so good to have you here. We've been following you on social media for a long while now, and you've done inspiring stuff, but I'd mm-hmm. love for you to tell our curious fuckers a little bit about yourself. Uh, wow, where do I start? Hi, my name is... Andrew Gerza. I'm a. I go by he and they. Uh, I'm a queer disabled man who uses a wheelchair. Um, yeah, I'm baby. A dis- disability awareness consultant, mm-hmm. working primarily in sexuality and disability and around queerness. Um, Amazing. I work with sex workers to have my needs met. Um, Oh my god, we love our sex workers, don't yeah. we? Oh, yeah. yeah, they're so great. <laughs> all the all that stuff. So. I'm I'm uh, your number one queer cripple. So hey, and you have an amazing podcast. Did you? Oh did yes, you I'm, your podcast. I didn't mention my own podcast. <laughs> I also am the host of Disability After Dark, which started out as a sex podcast, but yeah. kind, of, kind of morphed into like a disability story podcast mm, because. Yeah. When you run a show for four years, you run out of ideas really fast. <laughs> yeah, it can be quite tough. Florence and I were saying, as much as we love our podcast and the format, we're, it's almost like we're just a little bit, like, it's the same format every single time. And so yeah. it ends up going into very weird, dark realms because you're trying to change things up <laughs> a little bit. Like, yeah, to make it, like, new and different. And it's, right. so it's, it's shifted my show from mm. a sex and disability podcast to... Literally, a uh, disability story podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, amazing. I, was, I thought you were going to come out with like just pure filth. 
I mean, I mean, there are shows that are just pure filth. There have been and will be shows that are just me being dirty. But, but, um, you know, I really, I really love doing that because it's one of a kind. It's mm. there are no other really podcasts out there like that right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it's so yeah. amazing. Like, no one ever talks about sex and disability. It's not a conversation that you ever really hear. It's becoming more of a conversation within mm-hmm. certain circles, but it's yeah. still very much taboo. And so that's why the work I do with my, as a consultant, and the work I do with my company, the Handy, mm-hmm. that I'm that I that I'm creating the first line of sex toys for people with disabilities with the team of us wow, there yeah um we're really really excited about that so yeah all my work is really trying to make make that conversation yeah uh something we can all have access to That's yeah you're amazing. really making waves yeah oh, i mean you. your your hashtag disabled people are hot went viral and kicked so such quickly yeah it went viral so qu- i couldn't believe that happened it was uh, beautiful it's um, been over it's been over a year now and that's it's since the media attention has kind of died down but for a couple of days mm-hmm. it was like wow i guess i'm really famous like all right yeah it just it shows us how much of a need there is for us to mm-hmm. be able to talk about disabilities and sex and yeah. I'm, I'm just we're just so grateful to have someone making waves and and we just need to talk about it more it needs to be everywhere on everyone's agenda and everyone needs to be thinking about it yeah, yeah. because you know what disability is going to become a part of our of all of our lives at some mm-hmm. point whether that be through our own Mm-hmm. aging process and becoming disabled ourselves or whether you know you meet somebody in your life that happens to be disabled and you want to fuck them or you want to get to know them or you yeah. want to spend time with them you're going to encounter it one way or the other yeah. so we we need to start having conversations about it now yeah 100 yes. yes please let's get into the juicy details i'm ready fuck number one the last fuck Ooh. Well, we're in the middle of we're in the middle of pandemic times. We are, yeah. Uh, so my last fuck was literally seven months ago. Oh, um, yeah, wow. I haven't had sex in almost a year, which feels really weird because I yeah. would normally hire, I would normally work with my sex workers within a two week time period. I would see, I would have a session with somebody. Two um, weeks? Yeah. That's you're getting more dick than I am. I mean. Uh- <laughs> I have I have one primary sex worker and he's it's quality quality cock. Qu- quality so like, yeah, quality nice. cock. It's, it's good it's value quality, for money. It's quality <laughs> cock, so it's it's worth my money, it's worth my time. So like I would normally see him once every two weeks, once every three weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. And so to not have that over seven months is like what the what? Yeah. I mean, but it, I remember it being we just have fun. We've been working with each other now for three years. Yeah. Um and it's just something I really enjoy our time together because it's like, yeah, we're working together, but also we're we're friends. So yeah. there's a sense of like, I can be a dirty slut if I want to. I can yes. be, I can ask him to like, you know, do stuff that I wouldn't normally ask. I can be um, playful, or I or I can just say, you know, do you want to have a session where we don't fuck and we just yeah uh, hang out for an hour? Like, it's really become this really comfortable yeah it playful sounds like- thing. It sounds like you've got like that ultimate comfortableness in that yeah. sort of relationship. You, I mean, that's really rare. It's rare to find someone that you can be that open with about mm-hmm. like all your sexual needs and desires. 
Yeah. And it's not what you imagine sex workers to be like either. A lot of people think of sex workers as just sex and they are so much more. We we are so much more yeah. being a sex worker myself. It it you're a therapist, you're you're you're, you're a friend, comes, you you're a lover, you're, yeah. you're you're a you're a fuck, but you're also yeah. all the you're all of these things all at once. And so with my primary sex worker like we we just have such a an important connection and I was his first disabled person he'd ever slept with right. so i i take real pride in that that i get to be his first yeah his, yeah. First, his first cripple as i like to say um <laughs> i was his first you know disabled person that he had sex with and that to me is a huge opportunity to teach somebody yeah I, like so i will never forget just teaching him and watching him be like i'd never I've never done this. Like I'm, mm-hmm. and I've had him on my show. And we've talked about it, and, and just to have him learn about that is really special for me. And I'm really, really proud of what mm. I got to show him in that moment. Mm. Yeah, he sounds amazing. How how did you manage to teach him? Like, what would you uh, suggest for someone who is disabled who wants to teach somebody? What would be the steps to go through? Mm. I think you have to guide them through. I think you have to because people have a lot of ableism around sex and disability. Mm. They're afraid to talk about it. They assume that disabled people can't have sex can't experience pleasure can't experience joy in the bedroom can't you know can't fuck like gangbusters and (laughs) there are a lot of things i can't i can't physically thrust like i'm unable to do that so i can't i can't you know do a lot of physical stuff but Mm. i can make somebody come i can make somebody enjoy themselves like and so teaching him that i was viable that i was that you could be rough with me, that you could be, you didn't have to walk on eggshells around me. You didn't have mm. to, you could ask me questions about my disability. You could joke with me about my disability and it could be, that would be okay. Like that was really what I learned, what I taught him. And now we have such a playful relationship. Like the minute we see each other, it's, we don't even, it's not like we immediately start fucking. We'll, sit down, have a chat, we'll ask each other about each other's days, we'll say, you know, how's your week going, how are things, and yeah. then and then, eventually it'll lead into the sex, but it's not, it's, and sometimes we have sessions where I'm like, I want to fuck you right now, let's go, but, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's a respect and there's an understanding, and in, in my, with my sex, I, um, I have a special hoist that i used to get in and out of bed for my disability mm-hmm. and so we use that as part of our sex play oh my god Ooh. yes and we use that as part of our like we don't have sex in, in that hoist because it's it wouldn't be super safe but, <laughs> yeah. but like, like, you need a proper I, sex swing w- i was gonna I, say it's probably safer than some sex swings out there that's for sure yeah yeah probably, it, it probably is <laughs> but like when i'm eating him out or whatever he'll anchor his body up against that and that's kind of hot uh, because yeah like He's using something that is a medical device to be something, you know, something that is sexy. And that's mm. really fun. Yeah, yeah I guess like normalizing like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Him mm. showing you that he's like completely comfortable with everything about you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there he has to undress me like he has to get me out of my chair. Mm. He has to put a special the sling on that I use to get from the chair to the bed. Like there's a lot of stuff that I had to teach him. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of times he was scared and I was scared mm-hmm. and I, did, I wanted it to be still sexy. But now it's like, I mean, we haven't seen each other in seven months, yeah. which believe me, I am craving some 
Quality cock. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I said to him, when this is over and we're allowed to fuck again, I'm booking you for like an extended period of time. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like a weekend or a week, week yeah. getaway. Like a, or like a good, or like a good, you know, we usually see each other for two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'll probably, I'm gonna, I might book you for like, you know, two to four hours. Let me know what works for you. Let's, I want to spend that time because I think like he's just really special and we, yeah. we've also, you know, we're hitting up. In October will be our third year, you know, like, fuck anniversary of working together. Yeah. And so, like, that's, it just, he's the longest person that I've ever spent time with sexually. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is just important and special because it's very rare for anybody to have that, that kind of relationship with somebody. Yeah. But especially for somebody with disabilities mm-hmm. who has been denied their sexuality and the, their chance to express sexuality so often that yeah. to know that I have somebody that I trust and care about, that yeah. I can also fuck like gangbusters is really nice. <laughs> yeah, like he gangbusters. sounds amazing. <laughs> how how have you been finding um, like being without that connection during these seven months? Like how like have you been keeping in contact? Do you have like virtual? Yeah, sex? we chat. We've done we've done virtual. We haven't done virtual sex because that just is not. I mean, it's hot and it's fun to like. It's fun to be sent videos, and that's yeah. it's hot. But it's not. It doesn't give me the same kind of pleasure of being touched because a lot yeah. of the touch that I receive every day is from caregivers and from attending mm-hmm. care workers. And so, to not have that's why I keep saying to him like, when we get the chance to do this, like, I really want it to be special, and I really want to spend an extra amount of time with you because I've missed. I've mi- like I've missed that that expression of my of who i am so it's been really hard to not have that but at the same time i want to stay safe and i want to stay yeah of course i want to keep him safe and myself safe yeah being responsible you're a responsible slut yeah that's right that's (laughs) totally that's exactly right fuck two the first fuck oh Ooh, you're making, it go, you're making it go go into some dark territory there. Uh, my first time, I was 19. Mm-hmm. I had just moved away to college. I had never had sex before. I never even kissed a boy before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to get have to get laid. This yeah. is back in 2003. I uh, I went. On a now defunct gay website called gay.com, mm-hmm. which is where like a lot of gay dudes went to basically look for dick. And so I went <laughs> on this site and I I was typing it. I didn't know how to respond to dudes. I didn't know how to be dirty. I was very innocent and shy. So I said like, hello, people on the internet that I'm talking to. I want to I want to receive a blowjob. Could somebody assist with that? And like, <laughs> that's literally what I wrote. And my friend came in and was like, you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I... I'm, I moved away and he goes, type this in. And he typed in, I want to, I want a blow job right now. Somebody come over and give me one. Yeah, like right. 20 seconds. I had a ton of responses. And so this dude came over uh-huh. who I didn't know. He sent a picture of himself and I was like, okay, you're hot. I'll, okay. Mm-hmm. So he came over. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You'll yeah. do. <laughs> You'll do. He came over and I came within, I, he came over, we started making out, got me on the bed. We started doing things, and then all of a sudden I came really fast because I'd never been touched. I'd never been yeah, wow. stimulated, so I came within yeah. probably a minute. Um, 
And he goes, oh, you've done this before, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, many, many like, tons of times. I was lying through my yeah. teeth. And so then he helped me come again. Wow, was, again. Well, I was 20. I had, a, I had a quick refractory period. Yeah. I'm older now. I don't have that luxury anymore. But, but, uh, <laughs> but so um, because I had come, I thought we were in a relationship. I, I didn't know. I was very naive. Oh, of course. I thought, yeah. I thought if you mm. made me come, I was we were going to be together. And so I well, boyfriend and boyfriend forever now. Oh, yeah, or like when you but, kiss each other and you're like, we're together now. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't understand that it's literally just a fuck. Yeah. Um. So I, I remember lying there with him on top of me, and I had just finished coming for the second time, and I mm-hmm. said to him, I looked out at, at my room, and I saw my wheelchair, mm-hmm. like in the corner, mm-hmm. and I said, oh. We should go on a date. We should have like coffee. We should go to the movies or something. I don't know. I was trying to be like super kind to this guy. And he goes, he goes, oh, oh. And I went, oh, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, well, do you see your chair over there? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I just came by because I felt bad for you. I wanted to help you out. (gasps) You were actually just a pity fuck. He actually said said those words to me. And I remember remember two things happened simultaneously when this happened. I felt immediately upset, but I couldn't show him I was upset because he was on top of me. And I had to I had to pretend like it's cool what you just said. Like, it's it's all right. It's good. So I said, oh, oh, cool. Thanks for the thanks for thanks. Yeah, thanks then, for the pity fuck, asshole. <laughs> and then he left. And I was, I remember sitting in my bed with my best friend for three days watching, didn't eat, didn't go anywhere, Aww. just watched romantic comedies for like three days. Because I was like, I need something to make me feel better. And I don't yeah. like, yeah. so that, that, that moment where he said that to me has been, will forever be etched in my brain because yeah. it really colored the way I see sex and disability and the mm-hmm. way I see my body and the way I am sexualized. Mm. And I wish that I could have a do-over because it was just... It, nobody wants to hear that. No, nobody you, should hear that. That yeah, was really wrong for them. It should... No, no one should ever be someone's pity fuck. I think, mm-hmm. that, I think mm-hmm. the fact that that's even the language we use to describe any kind of sex with anyone mm-hmm. is deplorable. It's horrible. Yeah. He, should, he shouldn't have done it anyway. If, if he was thinking it was a pity fuck, that's... That's not good on on like why would why why would you want to do that to yourself let alone to another person like yeah. no one yeah. should give anyone a pity fuck and no. then on top of that like what is going through your brain to want to do that I just don't I don't understand like what you're trying to get good fucking Jesus points or something yeah no, it doesn't and like work why like would you tell why and even if you are why mm. would you tell the person why would you feel the need to be like oh you're this yeah so yeah. coldly. Yeah, because mm. that, like, obviously that would have stuck with you, or it has stuck with you, and then gone with you into your next sexual experience. And, like, ha- I guess, like, how did you get past having such, like, also, it's it's an emotional trauma. Yeah. Like, having someone say that to you, and then, and then, like, what did, like, how did you then think of sex and, like, your next sexual encounter? I didn't have sex for months after that. I didn't. I was yeah. like, if this is what sex is, I never want to have it again. Yeah. Like, if this is what people are talking about all the time, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this. Like, I didn't have sex <laughs> yeah. for a long time after that. Um, and my my experiences after that weren't as bad, but they weren't great either. People mm. would still say weird stuff. They'd ask me if I can, could get 
an erection as they were going down on me. They were they would ask me like, "Does your dick work?" As we were making out, and it's mm. like, you know what? These are questions you first of all shouldn't be asking me ever, mm-hmm. but also you should not be asking me, especially when I'm trying to like fuck you because yeah. like yeah. so so they weren't great, which is kind of why years and years down the road I turned I turned to working with sex workers because yeah. I was like at least I can curate that experience a little bit to what I mm-hmm. what I want and yeah. I can set the boundaries and I can set the controls and I can you know obviously I'm working with the person so I can't make them do mm. I can't make them do anything but I can work with them to find a sweet spot and that's really with John my primary worker that's what we've kind of cultivated together and I would almost say that working with a sex worker is better than unpaid sex because mm-hmm. you yeah really have time to cultivate a relationship in a, a healthy boundaryed way that is comfortable for both of you mm-hmm. yeah I mean it's very similar to going out and it's a service you're you're basically getting a plumber to come over and fix your pipes it's pretty you're, much you're, you're paying someone <laughs> to come over and fuck you good and yes people are people and it doesn't always connect but it is a service that that we didn't you know if you asked your mate to come over and fix your pipes they'd probably do a fucking shit job yeah sex workers Mm. that is their job and they often or not they know what they're doing with sex and they have that communication already in them and Mm -hmm. i've worked with sex workers where it didn't connect and we didn't Mm -hmm. click and i wouldn't hire them again and i said thank you very much for the attempt at making me feel good and and i've had sex workers say ableist stuff to me when they didn't mean to and like so that's why with with john he's really the only one that i see and it's you know there's just a comfort level with him where i don't have to worry i don't have to feel unsafe i don't have to feel Mm. i don't have to feel scared he's gonna say something inappropriate and if he does we can laugh about it or i can educate Mm -hmm. him if i want to like there's or if i say something inappropriate like we can talk about it because we built a relationship with each other so there's no fear of like oh my god this is a one-time thing and and i'm never gonna see him again it has to go great we can be human with each other and that feels nice yeah, yeah, I think obviously the most important thing is opening up these conversations about disability and sex because yeah. I guess the reason that people have like gone into those situations and not reacted well is because education wasn't there as well. Like, why are yeah. we not taught about this in sex education? Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. And in the work I do with Handy. Which I'll give it a quick plug because yeah, of course, it's please. Great. It's please. my new sex toy company and my sex and my sexuality brand that I'm working on with my sister mm-hmm. Heather Morrison, who lives in Australia. She's the CEO and founder, and I am the co-founder. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and so our company strives to be the first the first company to build and create a sex toy for people with hand limitations mm-hmm. and for people with disabilities, but also create a new sex toy for everybody as yeah. well as move the conversation forward. So in a lot of our work, what we're going to be eventually doing, not right now, but at some point, we're going to be looking at talking about sex education and disability and why isn't that in there? And mm-hmm. that's a great question because it's not in there, unfortunately. It's not something that we talk about readily. And I think it's because there are so few resources on sex and disability. There's there's two that I can think of right now mm-hmm. that, that are, but they're like, they're almost 20 years on. Yeah. Nothing's so current. They're, they're not current. They're not updated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we don't have 
section. We don't have disability educators, period. Not just for sex, but just education generally. Yeah. When was the last time you saw a disabled prof mm-hmm. or a disabled lecturer? Mm-hmm. It's very rare. Very rare. And that's a problem, I think. Yeah. There needs to be problem. way more of us. And we're, we're out there. We're just not being hired. Yeah. So hire us. Hire me. I do that. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I do that shit. Pick me. <laughs> Please. Yeah, you could be mm. like the next like sex educator in the school near you. Like, yeah. I mean, hey, everybody wants to hire me. Zoom's a thing right now. It's <laughs> pandemic times. I'll do yeah. it for you. My fees are not super lots, but I still got to eat. <laughs> and I got to I gotta pay my sex workers. So... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, higher, higher. <laughs> I mean, we just need to see more variety anyway, especially when it comes to sex ed. It's bigger than just penis and vagina. Which oh, is yeah. Really lo- it's bigger than STIs. It's and bigger pregnancy. than a baby. It's bigger than a child. Yes. It's yeah. so much more. It's so much more about how do you feel when mm-hmm. you're having sex. And mm-hmm. for disabled people, to answer your larger question, for disabled people, most of sex ed is risk. So all mm-hmm. they ever hear is, if you have sex with a disabled person, they are at risk because they're a vulnerable person. They could mm-hmm. be hurt. They could be abused. They could be, uh, you know, they could get an STI, all mm-hmm. these things. And that's that, that, all of that is true. All of that is possible. But it doesn't mean that they also can't enjoy pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they can't enjoy masturbation. Does doesn't mean that they can't enjoy um, their bodies. And so we need education for disabled-bodied individuals that looks at what kind of touch feels good for you, yes. what kind of touch feels bad for you, how does your disabled body make you feel, what is your internalized ableism feelings about your body. Like, we need mm-hmm. stuff that really digs into that shit first. Yeah. Because that's the stuff that disabled people struggle with. Mm-hmm. Body image, body dysmorphia, all these things around their bodies because their bodies are not properly represented in our culture so when it gets time for them to take off their clothes with a partner of course they're concerned Mm. of course they're upset because they don't see themselves yeah you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast Well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Every, I agree like with everything you say it's just like yes like we need to have these conversations we need to hear this and mm. like it would just help so many people so mm-hmm. many it would it would so really change the game and like I said earlier all of us are going to become disabled yeah at some point so wouldn't you want education that's geared to you so that when that happens to you you know what the fuck to do yeah you're yeah. prepared <laughs> like wouldn't you want that so why aren't we doing it like, yeah mm. yeah Fuck three. The best fuck. Um, any fuck with my sex worker? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Every single one. Like he, I have to say it's so, it's just so fun to spend time with him. A lot of our sex is not 
I am not on the receiving end of penetration usually because mm-hmm. that's just too hard for my body to do. So I, mm-hmm. I would be the top. And it, like I, like I said, I can't thrust, but he will sit on my dick and 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 fuck himself with my dick and, mm. and we'll make out a bunch and I'll eat him out like a champion and like there's so <laughs> much stuff that we do that isn't again not just based on the fuck it's yeah. based on our time together and so those those are things that that I just really enjoy and I I loved the first time that I was with him and and, mm-hmm. and I love being someone's first disabled fuck i really do yeah Yeah. because it shows them how fun it can be Mm -hmm. and how great it is and how 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 different it is and i love doing that and so when i fucked him the first time i was just so happy because i was like i was like i am giving this person pleasure and i can tell that i am and that was really nice and so yeah anytime i get to spend with him really and truly i look so forward to our sessions because like i'll text him like the day before a day or two before and be like Two more days. Two more, like, two. You know, like, <laughs> the cause excitement. Because I'm, I'm excited. And I, I think, you know, it makes me feel good to work with somebody that I just feel safe with. And I, mm-hmm. I I, haven't often felt safe in my disabled body with a lot of my sexual partners. And I don't mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't mean, like, from harm. I just mean safe to be as disabled as I need to be in that moment. And he allows yeah. for that. And he allows for us to joke and play around and laugh with each other and just... It makes our sex so much better for me. And, and I've said to him a number of times over our, our knowing each other that it's literally the best sex I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's not necessarily because of the the fucking. It's because of, of the emotional intimacy yeah. that we have cultivated with each other. Mm, well, being comfortable while having sex is the best thing that you could possibly ask for. It's just it's that's when you're allowed to enjoy yourself. And even if you're not having sex or something... You know, like you shit the bed, for example, which has happened to me plenty of times. Just yeah. having someone go like, ha, that's <laughs> hilarious. It's all cool. And not making it into a thing. Oh, yeah. Like I have IBS. So oh, like, I, oh, read those I, as well. <laughs> like I understand exactly those fears. Like it's a constant worry. It's like if I get too excited, will I shit the bed? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How, how yeah. do you, I don't know if this is like, I don't know if this question is is a bad thing to say but like how do you it's deal not. with having a emotional question uh, an emotional connection with a sex worker i think you you learn boundaries and you start mm-hmm. talking about what they're comfortable with and what they're not comfortable with and you just start like when i first met john i would text him way too much and way <laughs> too often because i was excited i was i was yeah turned on and i wanted that attention from somebody that i really was attracted to yeah and i, I remember one day after a couple of weeks of that, he he messaged me and said, look, I really like talking to you. I really enjoy our time together. It's important to me, but you have to remember, this is also my job. So if you're texting me a million times a day, I'm either going to have to charge you more for those because it's, <laughs> it's my work or, yeah. or you know, we're going to have to set a boundary. And at first, mm-hmm. I was really upset and I was really like, yeah. I was I was hurt. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, he's telling me. He's not just ghosting me and leaving. Mm -hmm. He's being honest about what he needs. And so that really kind of made me remember that if if I smother him, he's not going to want to come back. And so I have to respect that he's a human with his own life and his own own needs. And I can't make him 
just because I want attention doesn't mean that it has to be from him and it's not fair of yeah. me to, to expect all this. So it it took that for me to realize that I had to back off a little bit. But now I, I appreciate that he told me because now I am really cognizant of, of what his needs are. And if he can't talk to me, he'll just say, I can't talk to you right now, but I hope you're having a good day. Bye. Like it's, <laughs> it's really comfortable and it, it, it didn't, it didn't end our connection it actually strengthened it because he yes he told me the truth yeah i think like honesty and communication in any kind of relationship uh, is like it's the be all and end all like you need it and sometimes it takes those moments when you do feel pain and do feel hurt to really sort of get to the next level of understanding about yourself and the other person yeah completely and what i learned from that is he didn't hurt me he Mm. simply told me the truth i was hurt because I had this expectation that why isn't he texting me all the time too? I also think that that goes to show that a lot of a lot of disabled people who can't work, like or who don't have a nine to five job, mm. have a lot of time in their hands. So they get mm. bored. They want attention. And I thought I yeah. could, you know, I was at home a lot at that point, and I could get attention from him. But it wasn't fair of me, and it wasn't it wasn't kind of me to expect he's going to drop his whole life to constantly text me that's not fair so i i have you know learned to to not do that so much and doesn't i I also taught myself it doesn't mean he doesn't like you doesn't mean you're not important to him it just means he can't be on the phone every five seconds to talk to you yeah Mm. i mean i've definitely had to do a similar thing when i like start seeing someone new and like all i want to do is just like text them all the time and you're like (laughs) they are not gonna stick around florence if you do that (laughs) yeah like don't do that just be cool be cool like busy yourself like don't do that and so like it taught me to really respect and also just to respect him. He, mm. he nobody wants to be smothered. Nobody wants that. So I try to really be cognizant of that. I mean, it's slightly different now in pandemic times because yeah. mm-hmm. there's like everyone's kind of isolated. So we text a little bit more now because we yeah. understand that we haven't seen each other in forever. And there's yeah. there. It's nice to talk to each other. But when it wasn't pandemic times, like we would we would go two or three days without talking and that's fine. It doesn't mean, yeah. doesn't mean that we're not, we still can't pick up and chat whenever. Yeah. It's going to be absolute fireworks when you see each other. Oh my yeah. God. I cannot wait. I oh cannot my. wait. And the <laughs> pandemic, I don't know if this has happened to anyone else, but because we've got more free time on our hands, just that little bit more, we're just so much more hornier and we've, oh al- we've got yeah. time mm-hmm. to be horny. No just yeah. Our mind goes crazy. Like I want to fuck everything and everyone. <laughs> everything and anything that moves. All and the time. Isn't it evil, right? We were talking about this earlier, like with masks. Everyone with a mask on is hot. Like their eyes are hot, their top heads hot. And you're yeah. just like, you're fucking hot. And then they remove the mask. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, no, you're not. Or like, oh, no, I can't fuck you because you're coughing. Or like, yeah, oh, no. yeah like, just like, yeah, put, put the mask back on and let's do this. Like. Yeah, let's figure it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of cab drivers I fancy during this time. Oh, my goodness. There are. Are you, are you in London? Are you in London? Yeah, you in, we're in London. Yeah. I was yeah. in London last fall. I was in, I stayed in Canary Wharf. Mm-hmm. There were some beautiful cab drivers <laughs> 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 that I saw. The one, the one guy that picked me up from, um, from St. Pancreas Station because I was mm-hmm. in Paris for a few days first. And we went, we took the channel to London. And so the guy that picked me up from the station, I literally was like, oh, he was the hottest. <laughs> And he was 
like actually he was like one of the first British people that I had ever heard talk in London. Yes. So I was like, okay, I love you. Whoever you are, you're great. I just want to fuck your voice. And you get the cab fantasy as well. Like just pull over and fuck me in the back of the seat. Oh my God. That would have been impossible given that I was in my wheelchair. But yes. (laughs) Just give me a head. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm doing like the head bobbing noise. Like, shh, please. Mm. <laughs> With oh. consent and love, of course, of course. Of course. Well, of course, yeah. Like, I don't know why I'm shushing him, but I'm minus the love. Love. <laughs> love in the moment. Love in the Not moment. Mm. Exactly. Fuck number four. The worst fuck. Wasn't a fuck. Was a was the date that I was going to have with this guy mm-hmm. yeah. who never ended up fucking or getting anywhere near sex. Yeah. We were, we were, we had planned to, and then he came over and the first thing he says when he walked to my door was, where's your nurse? What? And I what? was like, excuse me? He's like, your nurse, when are they coming back to help you? And I was like, I don't have a nurse. I have personal care attendants, but I don't have a nurse. That's yeah. I, like I don't live in a group. Uh, I mean, I do live in assisted living, but not mm-hmm. a hospital. I don't live in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not. A, I'm not in a hospice dying. So like, it was very weird. <laughs> and then he was like, "Are they gonna clean you? Because you oh, might be dirty." And I said, "I said, what do you mean I'm dirty?" And he goes, "Well, you're sitting in your chair all day. You might sweat." And I said, "Yeah, I might sweat, but um." So does everyone else? Yeah. But, like, How is that any also, different to sitting on an office desk for eight hours? Also, like it's gay sex, and you should be used to man smells if you're gonna get down in there and do mm-hmm. that shit. How? Like, what so he ended up sitting there sitting down and asking me if i could feel anything and i was like well yeah but you've asked me like four offensive questions within the first five minutes of me knowing you and so i remember just saying to him like i don't want to i don't really want to fuck like thanks for coming over you leave yeah Yeah. get out yeah good Uh, thank god you stood your ground because that just sounds Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people in that situation might have just allowed that to happen and uh, no, and I have had experiences. I had experiences mm-hmm. with a sex worker, and I talked about this on my podcast, but I'll share it here too. I had experience mm-hmm. with a sex worker probably a year and a half ago, two summers ago, maybe last summer. I can't remember. It was just, pandemic time makes everything feel weird. Yeah. Uh, some time ago, and he came over to do, have the session, and he when I when I messaged him about booking, he was like. Oh, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Do you want me to take care of you? And right away, I was like, okay, that's a red flag. Like that's mm-hmm. weird, but all right, yeah. you're hot. I'll ignore that for a minute. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you come over and see what your dick is like. Yeah. So he comes. He comes over, and we're doing the things. We're making out. We're I'm, we're making all the right noises, and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And he gets right close to my ear, and he goes, "You have such a good heart." What? And I said, "Excuse me," <laughs> and he goes. A little bit louder. You have such a good heart. And I went, what? Yeah, why? And he goes, well, you know, you have a good heart because you're disabled. And I was like... <sighs> what, does that, what does that even mean? Yeah, why? It's like, you don't know what you're saying. You don't know anything about me. All you literally know is I want you to come over and fuck me and go. Yeah. What, you don't know anything about me. I could be a psychopath. I could be murdering cats on the daily. And you're saying to me I've got a good heart? Like- yeah, like, you don't know, you don't know what, who I am. And so I, I felt weird about that. And then mm. when he first, I forgot this part, when he first came in to the to my apartment, like he flopped down on the couch and he goes, oh, you're so handy capable. 
And I went, oh. are, you, are you kidding? Like, oh. is it, a, are you, and I was waiting for him to like make a joke. And he goes, oh, no, no, you're handy capable. You're so independent. And I was like, again, you don't know anything about me. I literally, yeah. I literally hired you to come over and suck my dick. Yeah. And booked you to do that. I have told you nothing about myself mm-hmm. other than I think you're attractive. Let's go fuck. Why are you saying these things? <laughs> like, what are you so saying? You- yeah, there is a thing called over trying, right? Where you're just ending up saying the worst thing possible. Yeah, no, he's trying way too hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like he it's like he thinks that you're going to like these things that he's saying. Yeah, right? he, I, I'm sure he didn't mean it. But then at the end of our session, he was like, can you because he was already there. And I was like, I'm already in the middle of it. I'll just come yeah. and you can leave. So then like when we were done, he goes, oh, can you leave me a five star review? Oh then, my god! And I was like, "No, I cannot." Oh mm, no! Do you think? Do you think he? Do you get fetishized being disabled? Do you think he was into it in like a weird way? I don't know. I have a f- my feelings about being fetishized are. I'm okay with it as mm-hmm. long as you don't dehumanize the person you're sleeping with. Yes, yeah. So if you if you turn my disability into something where you have to take care of me mm-hmm. and where you have to be my savior and where you have to do something that takes mm. away from my autonomy in this situation i want nothing to do with it but if we make a joke about how like you know i can't move the same way i make a joke constantly about how i'm, I'm a dead turtle in bed mm-hmm. so my one yeah. position is lying on my back and being unable to move like a dead <laughs> turtle so i'm dead turtle um you know that's something that i make all the time in the bedroom mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is playful and i'll say to i'll say to my primary worker like i want us to be able to juggle about this because it's a part of my life i want us to be able to t- to laugh about this because what i'm doing by telling you that is i trust you enough and i care about you enough to bring you into that conversation and allow you to to laugh with me about that yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like it, i suppose it's like um so when i when i'm going through a really bad mental health spot of like uh, obsessive compulsive disorder but then making a joke about being crazy or something and that's uh, often or not humor is a coping mechanism for all of us and taking the piss when i'm in a really bad vulnerable state with mental health um and just like having a bit of a laugh about it oh yeah like i'm crazy haha or in bed um mm. and i've got like a fear of having a tampon stuck up me and i can't get that thought out of my mind <laughs> <laughs> which is a really I have annoying so many questions <laughs> It's a really annoying, intrusive thought. And I've I, I've only had a tampon stuck up me once, but of course, obsessive compulsive disorder. I have disorder. a catheter stuck up me four times a day, so I understand the fear. Oh, the, the, I mean, you have real, genuine fear. This is just like a, a thought that's like, oh, hey, but you might, and therefore sex gets in the way. I mean, as much as we, we shouldn't really compare uh, physical disability and mental disability, there are still so many similarities. There are similarities. I think it's... I think... I'm going to stop you there. I think it's yeah. okay to talk about the similarities. I think it's okay to, now that I know you have an invisible disability, and thank mm-hmm. you for being so open about it, because I know it's hard to share that. Now that I know yeah, you have yeah. that, I would say it's okay to joke about that together because it's a yeah. different experience totally, but the humor can hold us through and make us, and bond us together and like and make us closer. And I think a lot of my disabled friends that I that I am friends with, with both physical and, and and invisible and intellectual disabilities, all those things, we joke about it in a way that is communal. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, 
that no one else gets why the humor is funny except for us, and none of us care because it's like you weren't supposed to know, and if you don't get it, then you're not part of this group. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck number five. The fuck that made me. Oh, that's a big question. Um, probably my first time with John. Mm. Really, because it made it showed me that having a working with a sex worker can be amazing. Mm-hmm. Was he the first yeah. sex worker you ever worked with? No, I worked with a few before, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work out. They weren't. Mm. They weren't communicative. They, some of them ghosted me without talking to me about it. Mm. Some of them left me, with, you know, some of them, I fucked one of them in an elevator in Toronto and they left me with my pants down in there. Oh! Um, so, Fuck. you know, some what? of them have been really shitty to me and I, mm-hmm. I, I really, so jo- like John was just, he changed the game for me because he was honest mm-hmm. from yeah. the start and he was really, he initially tried to be a bit of a character and tried to be, be a bit of this like the character that he presented himself because obviously his his porn persona and his like sex worker persona is not 100% of who he is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I and I, I wonder Reed for you as a, as a sex worker like you have to play a little bit of character to protect yourself and I get that and yeah, I, res- for sure. I, I respect that and it's marketing that. it's marketing yeah to it's extent. marketing totally mm-hmm. and so I respect that but with him now we have this like I was saying, this comfort of like, we, he's a little bit of that character, but not so much anymore. And that feels nice because I can be myself. And so I guess to answer the larger question, the fuck that changed my life the first time with him, but also we shot my first porn together. <gasps> I was yes. asked, I was asked by a company to do a, a porn mm-hmm. for their site. Um, his name is Baby Wavy and he runs a, he runs like a gay sex podcast and website and kind of like media thing. And he asked me to do, he also runs a porn company called Himeros TV mm-hmm. where you can buy the video. Um, and he asked me to do, to do a video for their two year anniversary or whatever of like, take a video that they've done and reproduce it as an amateur with someone that, you know? And so he reached out to me and said, I know you want to do porn. This might be a really cool opportunity for you. Do you want to do it? And I was like, okay, well, what is involved? He was like, well, you'd have to find somebody to fuck with and you just have to shoot it on your iPhone. And I was like, well, that's great. And so there's, there's images of John putting me in my sling and, and kissing me in my wheelchair. And we spent, before we shot that, we spent two or three hours sitting down with each other and Mm -hmm. figuring out, where the wheelchair would be in the shot because mm-hmm. I said I want to show my wheelchair here I want to show my all parts of my disabled experience in the in the bedroom yeah. and so we figured out where the wheelchair would be we figured out like how he would kiss me to make sure that it showed that I was in a chair like we we had wow. we had a scene where he put me from my wheelchair into the sling into the bed and that was sexy like yeah all of the stuff that we did normally in our sessions mm-hmm. but now on film and also yeah. i got to act oh yeah like i got to act like and i wasn't really acting i was just enjoying <laughs> i was enjoying him but i got to play the scene was we were two brothers so it was a bit of an incest important thing happening i'm so, so down for that incest live baby <laughs> so we will you know we did that 
and it was fantasy yeah fantasy yeah i shouldn't yes. have to explain yeah. that <laughs> fantasy um so you know we we i remember the scene was he was coming to put me to bed because our quote mom mm-hmm. couldn't put me to bed that night so he was coming to put me to bed and like and it played it played perfectly with the fact that i was a disabled person and put all the elements together to show that like of course he's coming to put me to bed because i'm disabled and of course he would use this the hoist because i'm disabled and like mm-hmm. all this stuff that put, made my disability also part of it was really yeah. powerful and i love every couple months i'll show it i'll share a screenshot of that on my twitter or whatever yes. yeah and i just think it's so iconic because you never ever see a disabled person who uses a wheelchair com- who has complex disabilities enjoying mm-hmm. sex choosing to be sexual when they want to be with somebody that also is helping them enjoy sex yeah and they're they're also giving pleasure so that that is not the one that changed my life but working with him has changed my life it sounds pretty groundbreaking yeah i want to watch this porno because it sounds fucking amazing i can send it over (laughs) i'll I'll, I'll pay for my porn i'm all up for paying for my porn i appreciate that i will send you the link that's (laughs) where you can buy it I'll send you a little tip. Hey, baby. <laughs> that sounds That's- so great, though. That We definitely need to see more people who are disabled in porn and a mm. variety. I mean, I know that it's opening up now with varieties of body shapes and sizes and skin colors, but it's it's still we're still not there yet with disability, especially yeah. in porn. Why? Why do you think that is? Because how do you market that how mm-hmm. do you market it without making it a fetish how yeah. do you market mm-hmm. it without making it uh salacious how do you market it without making it uh, inspiration porn how do you how do you market it and how we've been taught so long that the disabled body is not worthy the disabled body is not sexy how can you go out there and then create a product that says disabled people are hot how do you do that and yeah. so like so like I think I think directors are scared of it like big and you know the good thing about the way that our technology is moving nobody needs a big studio anymore you need no. an OnlyFans account and like exactly. yeah. and like a camera and so a lot of I did a podcast episode with the online their online personas go ask Alex and mm-hmm. they do cam videos they're a cam performer and mm-hmm. they have invisible disabilities and some physical disabilities and some um intestinal stuff and mm-hmm. so i did an episode with them and we talked about their kind of trying to build their cam persona as a disabled performer yeah. and so i think i think there are a lot of disabled performers out there who are just turning on the camera and trying and so yeah. i used to want to be represented by a big studio and do big studio porn now i could give a fuck about that yeah. i want to turn on my camera and go and like so so you know, when John and I see each other again, we're gonna f- just film some shit and see what comes of it. Like yeah. for his, you for his get, do you have an OnlyFans? Are you gonna get? No, I, I don't have an OnlyFans, but I do have a Patreon. Okay. So if, somebody, mm. if somebody wants to give me money for the podcast and for yes. the because my worry is that I also do educational stuff and I don't want to. Yeah. As much as I I love my porn and I'm proud of it, I don't mm-hmm. want to muddy the waters too much and make yeah. it too. It's it's a really it's a really tenuous line you have to mm-hmm. kind of walk so i'm very careful 
we're, we're yeah. still living in that weird age of of like can you be educational and also do sex work or also work in 18 plus 21 plus stuff yeah uh, that, yeah. that can be complicated yeah. wait till our handy toy is ready we'll, we, oh please wait. i cannot it's, wait it is a toy that is hands-free mm-hmm. it's the size of a pool noodle and you lie on it and it oh vibrates. my god that sounds amazing that sounds it's so good we are so excited by it because it's something that we've never seen in the market before and it's not yeah. a dildo it's not a it's not just a vibrator it's a whole hands-free experience. Oh, and that yeah. is something like, like my sister is the CEO, so so she can speak way to, way more to the production side mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, but I am so excited by that, and so I'm just gonna again plug it. If you want to find out more about it mm. or support it, you can go to www. That's handy with an i t h a t s h a n d i dot co mm-hmm. and sign up for updates and follow our work and we also do blogs and videos and a, a separate podcast of our own within my podcast about the handicast and how we came to the idea and we talk to educators it's really fun oh sounds really, amazing really so proud good. of it yeah we'd love to talk about it on our youtube channel yes oh yeah just let us so, know someone yeah. over to us and we'll we'll both use it and wipe it down and then and use it again it sounds, <laughs> as, soon I as, mean, it's, as soon as it's ready right now we just have like beautiful pictures and renders yeah it's not ready mm-hmm. ready yet but it's like sort of ready do we you have down. a date in mind for when it might be we're hoping piece? that it will be ready by may 2021 <gasps> so excited but nice. who the f- Fuck knows with pandemic yeah. timelines, right? That's so true. In, we don't know anything meantime, right now. Yeah, like in the meantime, we're working on a book around sex and disability with awesome contributors from all over the Ooh. world talking about their experiences. So I just wanted to use those two minutes to plug. To yeah. plug. That's handy. So please oh, follow absolutely. us there and support us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. For fuck's sake. I have this week's sex question for the podcast. I'm ready, yes. How can I feel less ashamed after I masturbate and come to porn? I'm a male in my early teens and the first time I was exposed to anything sexual was seeing porn by accident. I feel like this question a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I remember, I remember being a teenager, watching porn for the first time, going on Pornhub or something, like a free tube site and watching something and like obviously it was feeling great at the time but then immediately (laughs) afterwards immediately after i came it was like oh god the guilt the shame what did i just do Mm. (laughs) i never came to porn i used to i used to i'm probably much older than the two of you so (laughs) i i used to watch porn on dial-up internet oh right okay good all right just making sure i used to watch porn on on dial-up and so my dad would go away. He would. Work. He was. He was a musician. He so he would go and work, or do something for the afternoon. And I would. He leave me home alone and safe and be. I'd be safe. But he would go to work, and so I would log on the dial-up internet, which took forever. You remember? Oh, like, like, yeah, that that thing. And so I'd finally get on, and I would go on porn sites to look at gay porn to figure out if I was actually gay and if it was like cool. And <laughs> he would always come home and not announce he was coming home. Oh, he would just pop through the no. door. So I'd always have to constantly like click out my porn. And because I have spastic disabilities, like, 
moving oh, a little bit slower for me. I could oh. never click it off in time, and he never caught me. But there were moments where he'd walk Just. right in the room. There was one or two moments where he probably saw a, a computer-generated dick somewhere. Yeah, and I, I would say something like, Oh no, it just popped up. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh no. <laughs> that is such an that's actually such a good tactic. I never thought about doing that. I remember watching really messed up porn on the family computer and like my I, I didn't know how to delete history. So I yeah. guarantee you my mum must have seen this being like, Oh my god, one of my children's a messed up in there. <laughs> one of my children is a super pervert. Yeah, like, super perv, yeah. Oh but my my first experience was gay porn, like male male porn, and I just till still to this day it's my absolute favourite genre. Male male I am so curious to hear from a from a female bodied person, um why? Mm. What is <laughs> It's a real why? good question. I mean, I always say it's like I like men, so why wouldn't I want two hot men together? I don't I don't see why like it's just two of my favorite things. But then I also I, I like I love all porn. I love yeah. like, straight porn, female porn, trans porn, like all porn it depends on it's the all act great. That I think it's yeah, the act and I think it also depends on their connection. Yeah. I mean, when you buy the porn from himorose.tv, you can see John and I connecting in a way that makes the porn really fun. Oh. So you'll see like why we're good. But like I'm curious so I've also heard that women or I'm always really curious. I'm always really like gentle with the language because I never know what it, what's the appropriate terminology. Yeah. But people with vaginas who mm-hmm. watch straight or who watch gay male porn, mm-hmm. are they turned on because they're watching another man in some cases submit? I, I yeah. I mean, I, it's very much like a dominant submissive submissive thing for me. I remember being into like fan fiction back in the day when you have your favorite bands like My Chemical Romance, and all I would do is spend all my time reading about like them <laughs> fucking each other. Um, but I I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know whether it's like yeah. I don't know whether it's ultimately dominant and ultimately submissive because it's two men, but it's mm. definitely an element of power play there. Yeah. But then yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if I was watching any porn where they were, if it was a a guy and a guy, a girl and a girl a guy and a girl and they were both very equal and loving that wouldn't necessarily turn me on so that must just be my own king it's but specifically two men especially like edging and orgasm control edging is <sighs> so fucking hot it's, it's my hot. favorite aside from eating aside from eating an ass out because that's also my favorite thing to do oh, it's so hot you need to watch the, men on edge and like that is yeah. uh, from kink.com that is my favorite site at the moment, Obsessive Men get on Edge. To it, I'll get. I'll have a look at it. Um, I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. <laughs> no, but my I love edging just as much as I love eating ass. Yeah, I love eating ass, and I'll explain why, and then I'll answer the question because I think this. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we've gone. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, but but no, I love eating ass because it's accessible. I don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah, the person literally just has to sit on my face. <laughs> and I don't have to move. So I would say that ass eating is the most accessible sex act out there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so eat more ass, disabled folk. Oh, it's great. Everyone should eat more ass. Yeah. Like, whether you're straight, gay, bi, pan, eat more ass. That should just I think be you given. found the title of this podcast. Eat your ass. ass. <laughs> eat more ass. Andrew Gertha <laughs> says eat more ass. <laughs> but to answer Anonymous's question. question about mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you feel less shame, mm-hmm. 
I don't think you do feel less shame. I think you need to sit with the shame and figure out what are you ashamed about? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. are you ashamed? Where does it come from? Um, because it's not bad what you're describing and watching porn is not a bad thing. And mm-hmm. you, you being a young teenage male, I would think I would, I would have, I'm surprised. I'm happy you were vulnerable enough to share you were ashamed because mm-hmm. that's hard. I would have thought that you would be excited by that versus mm. ashamed mm. so thank you so much for sharing that my advice would be don't 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 shy away from the shame think about it talk about it write it down yeah. like t- talk about it within your your own self to figure out where does it come from what is it rooted in why do you feel that way mm-hmm. and is is it is it okay for you to let that go and just enjoy yourself yeah, I, That's I was about, such a good answer. Yeah, that was that was like that was a an educator answer. That was a lecturer answer. Um, I, uh, I was I was gonna say I, that age could come into play, but I still feel a lot of shame for stuff that I watch now and again because of new information that's come out in recent years about consent or about um, what we shouldn't be watching, what we should be watching, especially when you're dealing with things like kinks or fetishes um, and me going along in my happy little teenage self being like, yes, I'm very proud about what I watch and then realizing, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't be proud about what I watch. And now I have to taint Mm. my language and the way that I think about it, even though yes, like a lot of it is role play. And I mean, some of the stuff that I'm into is really controversial. And the way that I enjoy that, I I have to be careful about how I talk about it but it's also understanding you're right where that shame comes from and being able to sit in it and process it rather than hiding away uh, a lot of the time it does make you want things more but that's just the human brain fucking yeah. us over doesn't it yeah yeah and I think I think for this young person writing in first of all thank you for writing in that mm-hmm. takes it takes guts to do what you did right to, to talk about that so thank you but also mm-hmm. to, but like I said sit in the shame and it's okay it's not it's, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying sit in it and process it. Yeah. Talk about it. Don't feel bad about it or try not to or feel bad about it and think about that too. Like whatever feelings come, process them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe, I don't. I mean, obviously this might be hard, but talk to your friends because we're all doing the same things at that age. Everyone's watching porn. Like it is about opening up the conversation, Remember that right? You, porn is what you're using to figure out what you like. Mm-hmm. Porn is what you're using to figure out what you don't like. Porn is what you're using to figure out where your sexuality is yeah. because you need something to grasp onto to feel connected so and ultimately there is nothing wrong with watching porn it's a very normal and natural thing to do and it it shouldn't be something that you feel shameful but i think that's why it's so important that you do sort of try to understand where that comes comes from Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on. This has been, like, amazing. Yeah, incredible. Thank, thank you both for having me on the Fucks Given podcast. I guess I'll just shamelessly plug myself. Please do, please do. Oh, well, we always ask our guests at the end, just tell us everything. Where can our curious fuckers find you? Sure. So <laughs> the, the curious fuckers can find me at It's Andrew Gerza. That's It's Andrew Gerza on Twitter and Instagram. That's where I'm most active. Uh, I do a lot of talking about... Not only sexuality, but especially the disability experience on there. Mm-hmm. So follow me. If you want to support what I do, you can listen to my podcast, Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories every Thursday, sometimes Friday, whenever I decide that I want to release it, really. We're on our <laughs> 204th episode 
as Amazing. of this recording today. Wow. Um, if you want to support that show financially, that would be awesome. Uh, Patreon.com slash Disability After Dark. Mm-hmm. You can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com. And you can follow the That's Handy team, where we're making the first line of sex toys for and by people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow us at www.thatshandy.co. Oh, Amazing. I cannot wait Thank to you see so what happens with the handy handy toy. That sounds so exciting. We're we're really we're so excited. Oh, amazing! And and thanks for coming on here. Uh, We've learned well. I've learned so much from you, and it's been such an invigorating conversation. Uh, Yeah, I'm really fucking horny now. So thanks. I'm gonna have to go find some like dirty (laughs) gay porn. Great. You can go to (laughs) himaros.tv and download the. the, And if you get a membership from there, you can download my. (laughs) porn called brothers yeah amazing i will do yeah brother sounds hot everyone if you have a sex story or a sex question that you want us to answer on the podcast please email it in at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com and Mm. also if you love this episode please give our podcast a rating and a review and remember to subscribe if you have not already Mm, the best kind of thing that you can do is share it send this to your loved ones well uh, your family members <laughs> everyone oh, please wow. follow us on instagram and social media at come curious which is c-o-m-e curious you can follow florence at florence bark and myself at read amber x and you can follow our youtube channel as well which has some fun videos on it Woo! Yeah, we talk a lot, a lot about uh, bum stuff recently. Yeah, lots of so eight, much rimming, butt play. Yeah. So yeah, everything that we it. spoke about in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And okay. thank you so much again, Andrew. We'll, thank um, you for having me. Yeah, sending you lots of love. Have a wonderful day. And we'll all, you'll hear from us next week. Yeah, goodbye, curious fuckers. Mm, bye. bye. bye.